Hi, welcome to Park University's Outside the Wire podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Danny. I'm Matt. And we're here to discuss uh, the transition out of the military. Both the positives, the negatives, as well as things we think could be improved upon while getting out. So I'll start off with you, Matt. What, what were your positives through your experience of getting out? I had one, and I was actually like just meeting so many people and networking. Honestly, the way the Marine Corps transitioning works is not very well. You get maybe a week, you could go back, but it was hit or miss if your command likes you or not. And then even then transitioning out from the unit itself and checking out, it's a pain. What about you, Danny? I think the only real positive from my unit now processing was uh, they signed me up or helped me sign up for the VA benefits. Uh, they walked me through the paperwork to get me started on that. By the time I got out, it was like four months-ish when my benefits started. Oh, shoot. That's sweet. Yeah, I, I didn't get all that necessarily, but I did. I think the biggest positive for me was just I had good people around me who were kind of supporting me along the way, whether it be just my NCO or even like the people who same rank as me, just helping me through the process and trying to let me know what I should do. Let's see, that's like a, that's a command difference thing. Because mm-hmm. just because that was your command does not make it Danny's command, does not make it my command or any other surface arms command. Yeah. Because they're one, that you definitely play favorites. Yeah. And B, if you're in a large unit, they're definitely not getting that detailed talk with you that they might have with someone else. Oh, 100%. I think it's about the, the connection that you have with the people around you. If, if you're well-liked, for sure, you're going to get a little bit more help than uh, somebody else who's not. Um, but, I don't know. The tough part is, with the transition, you really only get about a week, honestly, mm-hmm. training. So, within a week's time, you're, you're thrown all this information that you're supposed to remember and gather and then you, at least on the active duty side, and then you just forget it right after you're done with this. For me, for my week yeah. of transitioning where they send us the whole, we call it TAPS. Yeah. If I remember what's called correctly, I know we get it mixed up with the armies, but one day for VA stuff. They don't help you do your VA claim, they just tell you all about all the amazing benefits the VA claims to do for you. And then it's a completely different challenge when you get out, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. You get one day with Department of Labor, and then you work on your elevator pitch, work on your resume, and that's it. You're done. And so it's like, at what point am I getting enough? Right. I don't know if I was, it's because I was guard, or I don't know if it was because I was being out-processed for medical reason, but I didn't have a week. I had two days. I was given a piece of paper with a checklist of go here, speak to this department. I was given X amount of time to go see me- uh, medical, go see dental, go see psychological, make sure you know all the boxes are checked there. Uh, go turn in your equipment. The only people that really sat down for any period of time with me were the people that helped me with my VA stuff. So was that your actual unit or was that like a separate department? That was somebody connected to my unit. I don't know if she was actually a part of the unit itself. Okay, because I, I know for me, they didn't help me with my claim at all either. But 
like for us, we had similar to you, but instead of two days, we had, I believe it was 30 days. Because mm -hmm. when it's, you're doing all your checkout lists, we had a similar checkout list that was separate from that week. And I made, I made it a point. I told them, like, I'm not doing anything until I get there. And I went to the DAV and they looked over all my medical documentation after I got it. They looked over all my dental records. They helped me, they walked me through steps to get my disability claim. And even then, it, I got out in April of 19. I didn't get any sort of disability compensation until September. Hmm. I didn't get, I didn't get any type of VA claim while I was in because my unit was on rotation um, in Korea and then once I came back earlier than the rest of them to meet my ETS date so it just, it kind of didn't fall in the right line for me. So I definitely know there's other people like me who had this similar experience where we didn't, nobody really cared when we came back. So it was just kind of on us to be able to get that type of information, um, whether it be after you already get out or if you know about it beforehand, you're lucky and you can get it done. And see, and that's the issue. It's like, why is this more of, hey, make sure you understand this. You don't have to do it. We're not going to force you to do it. But why aren't we discussing it more? Why aren't commands like, hey, go do this? Right. The lack of involvement and the lack of caring knowledge i think is part of it because commands they've been in their entire life for a good chunk of it yeah. why why should they care especially if you're not one of their favorites they're not going to sit there and go out of their way they're going to give you the bare minimum and this isn't all yeah. commands but this is predominantly what happens is the poor commands just be like i don't like you so i'm going to do the bare minimum i remember my first sergeant saying i'll talk to you here in a little bit sign my checklist never heard from him again now granted i was on their poo poo list because I got NJP'd, yeah. because I drunk one night, but yet we have the higher ups can get away with what they want, they see no repercussions. And when they get out, they have a whole month long transitioning classes that they can go take because they have a whole laundry list of benefits, but they take care of their own and not take care of the junior and, and CO level enlisted. Yeah. I think the, I'm sorry. Um, I think the one thing that gets lost in all of it um, is the fact that like, we don't, once somebody finds out or your command finds out that you're not gonna re-enlist, it's just a spinning ball of like, okay, we're gonna put them on this so that they're out of our way. We're gonna put them on this so they're out of our way, you know? And then um, even if you don't get put in that scenario, it's, there's not enough people giving you the, the right information or even information at all. So you kind of, you're stuck in a situation where you're trying to ask people for help, but they don't know or, they got told something else by somebody and now you believe the wrong thing. Um, so I think it, that's where it kind of gets like lost in the sauce pretty much. It's just it not being like provided and no, nobody who's still in has went, the majority of people who are still in haven't gotten out. So they don't necessarily know all the steps to be able to, and I, what the army's trying to do with asphalt tap I think is a great idea. And it's the same thing that you were talking about, TAPS. Um, I think it's a really good idea where we try to give people the information who are getting out to try to transition, but inevitably, like, it, it all comes down to what, what, is, what are the resources that are coming from behind it and, like, who's, who's giving this information as well as, like, can we spread it out in a timely manner where you can actually comprehend and understand what, what you're being told. I, 
I think the concepts there, like having those courses, and I'm perfectly fine with the whole, hey, you're not realistic. Okay, get out of our way because you still, have, at the end of the day, there's still a mission that the command has to reach. I get that. You have to purchase that. But instead of just sending me to go do some random, hey, go work this random rifle range and pick up brass or go rake sand just to get out of our way, why don't you be like, hey, go to this course or go to this career fair. Hey, let's get you the stuff we need. And like, I don't know if that needs to be a separate person inside the battalion, company, regiment, whatever, to sit there and supervise them. Like, hey, here's all these different events that are going on. Let's send all your transitioning service members there to go learn right. instead of making them play stupid games. Yeah. But there's the concepts there. It's just not being implemented the way it should, in my opinion. Honestly, the military is really good at getting you in the door, getting you trained for your job, and then retention has some issues. But uh, it, it's really good when you're still there. It'll be able to answer your questions, help you get into school, use your benefits while you're there, yada, yada, yada. There's nothing in place for out-processing. No. It's like... I, there needs to be some more emphasis. Something, I, I don't know whether it needs to be a whole separate program or what, but it, there just needs to be more to it. Well, that, and like not even more yet. I do agree with you, there needs to be more that goes down the road, but like uniformity across the DOD on like how transitioning should work. Because we've talked offline. You had to choose between what education and right and yeah, was it between educational um, transition or a, or job training? Um, so it was one or the other. So when it came to like, I guess in my in the mindset that I was in, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to school, but I didn't really think about um, have, needing a resume because I mean I still needed income when I got out, so that was tough because I didn't get. The, or I didn't have the ability to have them help me with a resume or anything because I chose the educational way, um, which helped me kind of get into school and everything. But when it comes to it, you kind of need both. So you having to choose one or the other, uh, I think is kind of a, it's kind of a messed up thing because you kind of need both in real, in like civilian life. Yeah, I don't know a single veteran that's gotten out that's not been medically separate. So they're still waiting for their disability rating if they apply for one. Yeah. So there's no telling how much compensation is going to come from that. They could be going to school, but unless you're living in a place where you're not paying little or no rent, you kind of need a job because you got bills to pay. And if you're like me, you didn't really have any financial planning, you racked up a lot of credit cards. I still have those credit cards to pay off. Yeah. So there's that aspect. There's what do the VA actually provide for me? I had no idea how to get into VA medical when I first got it. I had no idea about VA life insurance until I found out on my own. I had no idea about different educational benefits with the VA. I had no idea how to pay electricity bills. Or like, I knew how to pay, but I didn't know where do I go to find it? Where do I go to find car insurance outside of USAA for me? Like all these different things that are so required for the civilian world that we just don't get taught because we've lived in a world where it's like, hey, we're going to do this, this is how it's done. It's so structured and it's so removed. You get told to what to do. Like there's certain overlaps, but not everything correlates. Yeah. I realized that I'm, I was guarded. So I'm already the civilian military, like walking that tightrope. 
But there was no, there was none of that. There was no resume stuff. There was no setting up for once you leave the service. It was just you're out. Bye. See, and that's you know what? That's the thing that happens a lot with people. It's like you're just a check in the box. You did your transition course, regardless of if you're actually retaining the information, regardless of if the people that are giving you the information even were correct or like patient and actually teaching you properly. As another thing with the resumes, they don't teach you how to correlate what you did in the service mm -hmm. to a resume. It took me years to figure out how to translate everything I did while in to a civilian resume. Federal resume, you can kind of get away with using certain terms and certain analogies. Right. But in a civilian resume, I can't sit there and say, I earned this award and this award and this award. I have to break it down, Barney style, and word it in some different kind of way to represent some sort of scale. Right. Just kind of switch it up to where it, it makes sense in the civilian world. Um, because, yeah, I mean, we've got so many terms and phrases in the military where it's like, they don't, they don't add up. They don't make sense. They don't even add up across the DOD. Exactly. The Army calls it what sex, the sexual assault and harassment thing. Yeah. Army calls it shark. Yeah. We call our sapper, and we have a field day with it because we actually had a marine named Shark. So that was that was a fun <laughs> one. Yeah. No, it's it's just a big mix up, and then yeah, I just don't think the the information is really well like given out to people. Um, but yeah, and then you were talking about financial planning. Like, I think that is one of the biggest things when it comes to transitioning, like people don't realize. Uh, when, it, when you get to that point and you're making that decision and you have less than a year left, that's like your make or break right there. Because yeah, I mean, when you're in the military, you're getting paid well. As, as much as people say you're not getting paid well, you're getting paid pretty decently. You're getting paid decently considering all the benefits you're getting with it. Yeah, and then all together, like, you've got to prepare to not have that paycheck anymore. So, But you also, like, that. what's the stereotype? Every new boot goes out and buys a Dodge Charger yeah. with, like, a 40% interest rate because they don't think about it like when they get into it see that's not a stereotype i've seen plenty of marines do that there are plenty of people who do we that. i think it's a stereotype for a reason we <laughs> had we had to ban marines from buying a car from this one dealership and for whatever reason other marines working there so now not only do you have other marines screwing over other marines with high ass interest rates but now you have to sit there my rule of thumb was go like 30, 40 minutes away from base, go to that dealership, they'll still understand everything, but they won't sit there. They're not as willing greedy or manipulative as some other dealership. to get some more money out of, their, out of your pocket. I mean, I get it, hey, I want more money. As yeah. much as I love money, but money's not everything. Yeah, no, I just think there needs to be, I mean, whether people listen or not, that is what it is, but um, I think there should be more of a, I, they had, when I was, when I was getting out of the army, they had a financial planning, like kind of class where you like made your own budget and everything, but that budget changes. So when you make that first budget, that's when you're getting paid by the military. So you've got to account for that budget without your pay from the military, because like life comes real fast. Things happen. Like, I, shoot, I was out for a month 
of the military and my truck gets stolen. I could have never expected that to happen, but you know, it happened. So luckily I was prepared, but I know a majority of people aren't prepared for if something were to happen like that, they're not prepared by any means. So there's got to be some type of uh, either training or class or something to be able to make sure that people getting out like, have an actual plan. Because you can say you have a plan and all that. You can think, say you have this set up and all that. But like when you get to that moment, things change like that. It's, it's an instant. No so, plans ever work. Yeah. I had, like I had plenty of plans and they just fell apart. So that's one thing. I mean, you know, I'll say this is a positive, at least for the Marine Corps, when we're doing the transition, they made sure you have a place to stay. Like you put it on record. Yeah. And if you don't, they will either A, get you with the VA, get you in the VA's homeless program, which will give you a place to stay when you get out, or B, they straight up will not let you. They will put you on hold, administrative hold, so you don't get out until we get a plan figured out for you. And I commend them for that, mm-hmm. but that's when all, that plan also isn't universal. If you're getting forced out, they're not going to hold off to make sure you're okay. Exactly. Whether it's a medical reason or it's you got so fucked up that they had to force you out, but they don't wait for you. I get it. If you're getting forced out because you messed up, cool. I'm not going to wait for you. Right. It takes a lot to be able to. But if you're being medically discharged for cert for X Y Z, there should be that hold should still apply to you as well. We should still make sure that you're good before you transition out. Because if you're transitioning out and you're already alone, they built you back up just enough to transition you out, but you have no sort of like foundation when you get out. You're just going to go straight back down, if not lower. Right. No, I agree completely. Yeah, it, I think it's just it's just got to kind of become a universal thing where we just make sure that everybody's taken care of, regardless. Like, I understand the getting kicked out part; that's different. Um, but when yeah, when you said it comes to medical and it comes to just you hitting your ETS date, like somebody's got to be there to make sure. Because there aren't a lot of people who are financially sound, like, in general, or have a plan financially. But there's got to be something to where the DOD, the military, has to, like, actually set something to where it makes sense. And if if people don't want to follow it, that is what it is, you know? But at least there'll be something to where you can feel okay if you're going to get out, you know? You can feel like you're going to be prepared for what's going to happen I mean, for me, it hit to the point where I pulled my TSP out early. I couldn't afford, like, we had a, we had to do a budget for a couple months out before we could find a job. But because I had no resume helping skills, like, we had a brief, like, one-day course, which really didn't, because you're teaching that to an entire classroom of 30-ish people. It's not as simple as it sounds, and yeah, I figured it out eventually. But it took me like three, four months to get a job after getting out. And I bounced around until I found the career I'm in now, where I've been for three years. But it took me a long bit to get there. Yeah. I think. Sorry. Yeah, I think it's. What? Oh, yeah. Well, I think think something that that doesn't get talked about when you're in. is the fact that networking in the civilian world is even more so, and it matters so much more so than the military world. Because in the military world, you're set by ranks and all that. Like, yes, you need to 
you need to network with people from different units so that you can like get help on that end. Like, hey, I'll help you, you help me. But when it comes to the civilian world, like it's a completely different ballgame. You gotta learn how to talk to people. Um, you gotta be able to get information as well as have something to give as well. Like it can't just be them giving you information. You've gotta be able to produce something as well. But I don't think the military really like helps you with that too much. But I think it could it could have some set something set in place where at the end of the day, you feel better about talking to some random person about something that you know that they're really good at um, and just trying to get some better information and, hey, I'll help you out with this, you help me out with that. Well, even then, networking, even while in, is still prep, was very prevalent, at least in my perspective. Yeah. But it was really only done a lot by staff at CEOs and officers. Right. That's how I got orders to so many places. That's how I still have contacts with some high up individuals be just because of networking. Shoot, I went to a change of command that one of my buddies just happened to be his nephew. And so they all invited me out. I'm sitting there rubbing shoulders with colonels and generals. Right. Like this something that a little E4 corporal me did not think would happen. And out in the civilian world, that's why I got my job I'm currently in. I simply asked a question to someone randomly yeah. and they're like, hey, why don't you come over and we can talk about some stuff. And then he offered me a job that same day right. after I passed a background check, of course. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I think it needs to be, because I agree with you very much so on the officer side and the NCO side, I think it's a little bit more um, prevalent where you, you talk to other NCOs or you talk to other officers so that you kind of, when, even when you do get out, you have a better idea of, hey, this guy's got my back and I can talk to him. I think LinkedIn, like, I think, Phenomenal. yeah, but that needs to be more of a focus. It needs to be something where, hey, this thing, like, really works. If you get on LinkedIn and you just start chatting on there and you start posting on there and all that, you start talking on people's pages, that will help you in so many ways because random people will message you and be like, oh, really? That's what you think? Like, okay. LinkedIn is how I found LinkedIn and my boss. That's how I found out that veterans with folds of honor, I'm not sure if they're partnering with the Royals this year, but last year they give four free tickets a game out to veterans and all you have to do is reach out and ask all through networking. Right. And so I ended up, me and some buddies went to a Royals game last year for free and all you had to do was wear a folds of honor shirt and give them a little brief blurb on who you are in your service and that's it. And you get those are pretty nice seats too, to be honest. They're like low down next to like third base. Oh yeah, you're close up. I I haven't been that close up at the Royals game, bro. When I got out, the only people I still even have on my stuff from my days are people from my basic training flight. Really? Like my entire unit basically just sort of. But I get that though, because you were guards, so you weren't with them twenty four seven. Yeah. The, like, like what the camaraderie just isn't. Like, no, I want to say the camaraderie isn't just isn't there. It's just you're kind of living a double life. You have both your civilian and your military life. So the whole mentality of embrace the suck mm -hmm. hits differently with you than it would with me or Kyle, yeah. just because that was our life twenty four seven. So like some of them, I still talk to some buddies from Korea. I still talk to some people from Korea that are Korean nationals. Why? Because it's just that 
level of camaraderie built. Yeah. Now, once I got out, like I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for uh, this one vet I met uh, when I was working at the casino. Uh, he came through my line. We talked about our service for a little bit. Turns out he's a veteran services coordinator here in Kansas City. And he's like, well, why aren't you involved with these uh, educational benefits? Because I don't know about the educational benefits. And that's the downfall of transitioning. Where is the educational knowledge coming from? Yeah. It's everything comes from word of mouth, and that's why networking is so important. Right. No, I agree completely. Because yeah. I had no idea about vocational rehab until I spoke to another veteran. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. I love it. It's perfect for me. But it's a benefit that might not be perfect for everyone. It's one of those things like it's better to know and not even need it than to not know about something at all. Right. It's worked well for me so far. You know, but another aspect of networking nowadays is social media because you brought up LinkedIn, but there's TikTok, which may or may not get banned. But it but I mean as Facebook. long as it's still there, like TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Yeah. But how many veterans have you sit there and seen on social media that make reels that are probably making money? I don't know their financials, right. but I can tell you I see their videos. Like when I'm on my little scrolling bench on the toilet for an hour while I'm trying to push one out, I'm like, I've seen the same person three, four, five times, yeah. but it's all different videos. And it's just that's how much is popping up. So I can imagine just how much exposure he's getting and how much networking they're getting to the point that even that TV became a thing. Yeah. Where that's all social media and networking. Because I guarantee you, he could not have done all that on his own. Yeah. But thanks to him and thanks to networking and stuff, we're able to be here. Like we're able to actually put this up and and have this platform to be able to talk to people. Oh yeah. Yes. Definitely. We're yeah, able to put out these benefits like that people don't know about as long as they're able to find our channel. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. And and that's that's the big thing that we're trying to do is get that outreach to where we we are able to provide that type of um, that type of information like when I was in the service I didn't hear anything about chap chapter 30 uh, chapter 31 vocational rehab like I I didn't hear a single thing about that so that's why we're here is to kind of break down that type of educational purposes as well as you know just the things that vets go through and to advocate yeah to try to advocate for everybody you know it's i know it's tough it's it's not an easy process to go through and we're gonna try to make the stepping stones a little bit easier so um yeah when it comes to the social media uh i think obviously that kind of intertwines with the advertising of yourself um linkedin like I, like I touched on and we were talking about, I think that is the biggest self-advertising, like perfect platform for yourself to be able to network and like reach out to people that you may never have heard or seen from before. You know, a lot of people think self-advertising like, oh, look at me, look at all this. No, it's like, it's simply building your personal brand. Right. For you, what your major is, is that you're self-advertising yourself in that profession. Yeah. Same thing with you, same thing with me, same thing with anyone. We're all just trying to advertise ourselves in a light to get to the points that we want. It is self-advertising. It's just done differently than what people might think of like, oh, I'm a model, I have to advertise. Or, oh, I'm trying to be an actor. Well, bless the Marines that have done it. I love watching the movies, even if they're crap movies. I will watch it just to support them. Yeah. 
which none of it, none of theirs are crap so far. <laughs> yeah, no, I just think it needs to kind of become a more or more like common thing because with the presence of social media, like your image is always out there now. So regardless of what image you want that to be, I think you kind of need to set it in a light of the path that you're trying to go down as well as the career you're trying to go. Um, if you want to be a social media influencer, obviously you're going to be super intertwined with social media. But if you're going to be uh, a marketing person, you're going to need to know that even more so too. Like you're going to need to know how people interact with things on social media because that's the day we live in today. You have to learn the matrix algorithm. Right. So I, I think like having that when you when you do transition, I think it's super important to understand that. Um, and be able to connect with people on on the outside and in the civilian world so that you can kind of get a better idea of what what you need to do in your own personal life to make make your your path easier because right now you're just starting off where it's it's hard and you don't know what you're going to do even if you do it's still a question mark because you've been in the military for however long um so i think that that is a super important thing that people need to focus on a little bit. I'm not a big social media person. I don't I don't really post very often, but um, having LinkedIn and all that, that's kind of made me a little bit better um, about posting and talking to people. Um, I need to get better on LinkedIn. Yeah. I, 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 I have it, I just don't use it. Right. Super important. New LinkedIn's such a phenomenal tool. Like for finding jobs, no. Yeah. I think I can't remember the statistic, but it's like maybe I think ten percent actually get jobs off LinkedIn when they do just the find jobs. But finding who the hiring manager is, yeah. messaging them, and networking that way is phenomenal. And because you're like, and again, this is where it comes self advertising. It's the same thing as a resume, yeah. just more personal. Yeah, more yeah. personal, more three D than a, a grayscale piece of paper. Right, because you're talking to somebody. You're not having. Uh, a computer go through and scan the correct words that you put in a resume and all that. Um, it's more, hey, like, I'm trying to look to do this. Like, what do I need to do? Or, hey, um, I have this type of experience. Is there anything open at your, at your place to work? You know, anything. Um, I think that's why it's super, super important for people transitioning to be able to have that platform and be ready to use it because it's so it's so useful even if you're going into school um you having that profile for however long um can it, it will just assist you once once you get done with school i mean one i'm not going to say their name but in our office they are sitting there making their linkedin at this very moment i'm like oh go connect with me right like it's not going to have any benefit impact right now and it might not be very clear what a benefit impact would be just because we're in two completely different fields of degrees, but that connection and never connections. Because maybe, hey, I might need to reach out, be like, hey, you're working for this business that has this philanthropy work that does. I need access to that because I'm trying to do X, Y, Z. So there's always secondary and treachery reasonings for things. It's not always just, here's what it is and here's how it is. Yeah. No, I agree completely. Um, I think I think the educational part of it, because I went through the edu educational training, getting out of the army and everything. So um, with that, I think there was a lot 
there was a lot of good information in there, in that training that week long. I know it's a little bit different because I was active duty, so I, I got a little bit different of an experience, but I think there was a lot of good information, but even then, I didn't know about all the different types of resources and different types of things I'm going to need to be able to go to school. So when I came to when I came here to park and went on my visit and they kind of broke it down to me, I was like, oh shoot, I didn't even know I needed that. I didn't even know I needed to apply for on VA.gov to get my COE. I didn't know that. You know, I think there's a lot of good information, but you don't really know it until you kind of get there, even going through the classes. So at the end of the day, I think we're all just kind of starting at step one. So I think if we can improve that process to at least stop, start at step two, it would help people tremendously. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of us that that don't, didn't even know that there was a process. Yeah. Like, you, you sort of see that there's things out there, but there's no step to get to that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least for me personally, it was never expressed to me that there was a step to get to this spot. Right. So kind, kind of like what you were saying with the educational training, like it'd be really nice to have something like that for not just active duty, but for the guard too. Yeah. Um, now again, I, I was medically discharged, so it might have been expedited a little bit faster. Possibly, yeah. That's benefit of the doubt yeah. there, but still, I should have been given something. Something. Yeah. There should have been a stopple that we discussed earlier right. to make sure, like, hey, hold on, let's make sure we get this done right. right. Let's make sure we're not doing him a disservice, mm-hmm. which sounds like they did. But like for me, I had no idea about vocational rehab until I talked to another veteran, yeah. which. It's not called vocational rehab. It's veteran readiness and employment. I'm going to call it voc rehab because that's what I know it as. Yeah. I, what it's called, be damned. <laughs> but because it's, it's not an educational benefit, but it can lead to educational benefits. Right. Which is that's I know it's a conundrum, but that goal is to get a job. Right. And how they help you is they do a whole bunch of career aptitude tests and all left, right, center, make sure everything's good. Like okay, well you need a degree for this. Are we going to approve you? Yes or no. If they approve you, cool. You're now going to school without using your GI Bill. Yeah. And if they're like, no, you don't need to go to school. Okay, now you're going through resume courses. Now we're helping you get the jobs. Now we're helping you figure out how to word things. And that's where that in-depth training comes from. Right. That's not given. That should have been given when you're getting out. Right. Yeah. I, shoot. When I got out, I didn't even hear about that. I didn't hear about VRE at all. So... I think, yeah, once I start started coming to school and I obviously I found you, um, that's the first time that I'd ever even heard about it. Even going through all my classes, I had never heard about it. So I think it's just, it's just something about being able to have that outreach and tell you like, hey, this could be available, you know? Because you only need, what what is it? It's like 10% disability? You need 10% disability rating. Um, there's a couple other things like, you have to have gotten out with no career aspect. So if you're an officer, I'm sorry, but you have a career aspect. If I find out you're in vocational rehab just because you want to go get an extra degree or you just want to use up a resource that's benefit to you, I think it's a little kind of shoddy. Right. But if you va- if you genuinely need the benefit, yeah. because I'm not going to say all officers are the same, like if you genuinely got out with no career aspects and you utilize it, be my guest. 
But I feel like that's one reason that it might not be so common is people take advantage of it. Oh, probably, yeah. I, I can definitely see that being something because, I mean, essentially it just replaces, it doesn't replace, but you still have your GI Bill, but it, it's used, if you need that education, it's used in place well, of... Well, that part's, that part's new, the whole it not taking away your GI Bill, that just got enacted like a year or two ago. Okay. So it used to actually burn your GI Bill at the same rate. Yeah. It changed, and now I'm petitioning to get some of my GI Bill back because of it. That's a conversation for later, but that's a recently changed. What I mean by taking advantage of it is, is they provide housing allowance benefits mm -hmm. for while you're searching for a job. They will help you with resumes. And like, if you just need help with a resume, that might not be the program for you. There's other, Resources and as much as a bulldog in the VA throughout this podcast, yeah. there's a lot of resources that they do have. And when I dog on them, it's because it's the lack of knowledge to get to those resources that irks me. It's not that they don't have resources, it's that there's so much bureaucratic BS to get to those yeah. and the lack of knowledge sharing that creates the chaos of finding the benefits that you need. Right. It's like trying to find a, a needle in a haystack. Like, if you don't know where to look, <laughs> you're never going to find It's trying it. to find a needle, in a, a specific needle in a needle stack. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, with, with my disability, I have migraines, and it's been difficult for me to keep a job. At, at one point, I was going through a job like every six months. Mm -hmm. So when I was working for the casino, it was the first time I'd held a job for more than like three years. And that's when I found uh, the guy who came up and told me about the veterans benefits and stuff like that. But it's like, if I would have known that this existed from the VA, right. like somebody at my, hey, you're having migraines like every day. You should probably look for a job that doesn't have you under bright lights all the time. Right. As we're, I mean, as as we're right. sitting under bright lights. <laughs> but... Don't worry, I took my meds. I'm okay. Um, okay. That's one that we don't want, unmedicated veterans. <laughs> but we, if the benefits were talked about by even the doctors, like, hey, look, you're having a lot of migraines because of your job, but because of the stress connected to this, maybe you should look into something else. Hey, have you heard about these vocational benefits? Mm -hmm. It'd be something to talk about, but the... Like you said, nobody talks about it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's this. I don't even think some veterans know the difference between a Montgomery and a post 9-11 and now the forever post 9-11 GI Bill. Because yeah. just the other day we were talking to a veteran who lost his 9-11 GI Bill because of time constraint, whereas you and I have the forever one. Mm -hmm. It's never going to go away. But like some knowledge has to be given. Even if it's a basic level, and you know what? My simple solution to the whole thing is find all the VSOs in the area that you're going to. Yeah. Because you know what? They are the ones that will sit there and sit down with you and talk to you. Oh, they sure. are the ones that will sit there and tell you all your benefits. Because I, I honestly think some of them have a joy of screwing the VA over <laughs> and be like, oh, they don't want to give you this? We're going to find a way to make sure they give you this yeah. kind of mentality. And that's the type of mentality you need with the VA. Oh, yeah. I've got one on speed dial. If we want him as a guest, we, I can get him. <laughs> I can have him on the show. Yeah. I guess I want my disability increase. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I'll, I'll put some calls in. I'm kidding. I'm not idea. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot that we need to touch on eventually, but 
I mean, with the transition, I just think it, 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 there needs to be better information and more clear information to where people have a, a good understanding of, hey, okay, you need to do this. You need to make sure of this before you get out. You know, just kind of putting in the stepping stones to make sure that you're not falling on your face as soon as you But can. that's what the check-in list is, a checkout list that yeah. everyone just signs without actually doing what's supposed to happen. Exactly. It's for, so it's like, cool, hey, go talk to this person. Yeah, that's a good step to bring them there, yeah. but be like, hey, go talk to this person. Ask them about X, Y, Z, tell them your situation. Don't just go there to get a check in the box. Like, go to the library, make sure you don't have any books due. Why is that necessary? I didn't even know my base had a library. Yeah. That's how little information is spread. <laughs> no, I agree 100%. Yeah, I mean, the checklist is just kind of a, a, I guess, something for them to say that you did something. And that's it. It's a safety net for the command so they don't get in trouble. Exactly. But, I mean, I, I wish and I hope that soon the SFLTAP is, or the transition program within all, all of the military fields um, have that better type of construct to where it's, okay, it's not just a week before, a, like a year or six months before you get out. It's, okay, hey, you do this now. It could be education, whatever. You're going to do this for one week. And then, hey, you're going to do job training for one week. You're gonna do, you're gonna understand about all your benefits. One, it, it doesn't even have to be a week, but it can just be broken up to where you're getting information throughout your process of trying to get out. Instead of hey, you get this one time, one week class, and it's just if you didn't write it all down or you didn't remember it, well, now you're kind of stuck in a hard place. Now, don't get me wrong, I I hate maps. God, I hate maps. But maybe this should be offered like as something for like a week's long set of classes yeah. at the MEP station, not at your unit, mm -hmm. take it completely out of your unit's hands and put it somewhere else. Yeah. Well, see, that, that, I'm going to say that's not going to work. So that's how the Marine Corps is. It's a requirement. Yeah. The, the commanders all have to let you go to transition once. And you go and it's a completely separate unit that runs all the transitioning. But just because it's out of their hands does not mean that it's the solution. Because as you said, it's command discretion if they send you again to get some other, exactly. some extra knowledge. It's command discretion if you could go to all these other things. Mm -hmm. So, and like you said earlier, you were in Korea and they sent you back, what, for just 30 days? 30 days before I got out. So, and see, and you know what, 30 days, that's a perfectly fine amount of time to get everything done. Every appointment was 30 plus days and that's away. The, and that's the issue, and they should have been like, okay, well, let your, we're gonna send you back. So. You're now 60 days out from leaving to start your 30 days. Start calling and making your appointments. Right. By getting things set so that when you land, you have one day. You get, you're settled in. If you land on a Friday, you have a couple of days to get settled in. Okay, now let's go. You can figure out where you have to go, what appointments you have. Have that whole list. There shouldn't be a day where you're sitting in the barracks room doing nothing. Yeah. You should at least have gone out, gotten to one person that day. That's critical to your success, getting them. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I was... Shoot, with my transition, I was lucky I even got my medical records because those took 30 days and I, I applied for them the first day that I got back and luckily it came the day after, or no, the day that I got See, out. That's wild to me because I got mine within like two days of requesting them, yeah. but 
I had, I was in that unit. I never had to transition somewhere else, yeah. so I can see where that would cause some issues. Honestly, like, like so, what's the solution to all this, though? I mean, I I just think the solution is to be. Obviously, we have these programs and they're set up, um, but there's got to be a, a better way about it. It can't just. I understand there's got to be a requirement, and I understand that being in the military, like you have these missions that you have to complete, and that that is a thing, one hundred percent. Um, but I just think there needs to be more of a focus on the well-being and taking care of people who were in, um, regardless of if they're getting out or not, mm-hmm. you know, obviously getting kicked out is different, but like you hit your ETS or you're getting medically discharged, you know, both of those things are, they're in your control, but honestly, you don't know what to do next for the most part, because you've been in this one world. And it's so much different from the civilian world. So I think there just needs to be a better uh, structure in place to inform all of our military members and and even veterans, honestly, because a lot of people don't have the information that they need or know even where to look. So it's just, it's got to be a point where we're going to make sure that, hey, we know you're getting out. You need to do this and you need to like, actually comprehend and understand what what this is and where to find this information. See, and that's a policy thing. And yes, changes to policies, like making sure that you're doing X, Y, Z before you get out, that is phenomenal and needs to happen. And that's part of what this podcast is for. We're going to talk in the next episode about policies that are going to drastically affect the veterans and how they can change and where at least us three would like to see them change. Yeah. But I personally think the best like solution for right here and now mm-hmm. is, and we've seen it, veterans talking to other veterans. Yeah. And be like, hey, here's what I know, but here's the place to go find the correct in-depth, like this is black and white, this is what it is, knowledge. Because I can tell you all I want about vocational rehab, yeah. but what same thing I told you, I'm like, go talk to them. They will tell you the exact stuff. I'm just telling you what I've perceived and what I've gone through, right. but it can change. So to me, that is the solution for transitioning until policy can get fixed yeah. to change that. Yeah, and and that's where I think LinkedIn comes in huge right there. That's because, networking. yeah, networking. I mean, you being able to talk to somebody who's already out and has already went through the process, you know all the good things and you know all the bad things that they had to deal with. Whether some of those things may be true or not, that's fine. That's up for you to decide. But just being able to have the experience that somebody else already went through, I think is a huge thing. Um, and it, it'll help you in your transition for like sure. Having them guide you like, hey, I don't know the answer, but here's a VSL I know that can help you. So as you said, you have one on speed dial. Like not having somewhere to go and knowing where to go. Because I remember the statistic. 40% of veterans, there are, I'm sorry, the rate of suicide increases in veterans by 40% if they don't come out and immediately know where their community is at. Yeah. And that was statistic from the VA, yeah. if I'm citing them correctly. What do you think, Danny? Yeah. Um, no, I, I like the... Uh, here in Parkville, we have the DAV just down the street. Like, uh, I worked for the casino. I met that one guy. But before the casino, I met this one couple uh, when I was working for a fast food chain here. And they took me to a couple DAV meetings. And it was 
it was it was nice to be around you know people that went through similar experiences, but at the same time it was kind of disheartening because everybody there was above the age of fifty, mm-hmm. and it's like I mean, that's why no one goes to like a, that's why we don't see young veterans in American Legion or not. It's because we don't think we rate. It's like we we need to we we need to get involved. Uh, that statistic that you just said. It's like it. We need to be able to get involved. We need to be because if we don't, for one, if we don't, eventually it's not going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. They're going to die. It, it, it's a cold fact. Yeah. But we need to be able to get involved with these groups. We need to be able to get involved and in, in, with each other and to be able to sit down and have these dialogues, even if it's over. Uh, one spaghetti dinner a month, you know, for three ninety nine. You know, family dinner from Blue Bloods every <laughs> Sunday. But like, we 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 need that. For me, when I was working for the casino, it was that one guy who came in every Saturday, sat at the same machines every Saturday. So we just had this dialogue. Every week he would check in. Every week I'd talk to him. Started finding other vets and we. <laughs> had this weird little vet talk like area at the casino. <laughs> I mean, we, we see it on campus. I mean, I've seen more and more veterans are starting to come into the Globe Warrior Center, still not like a work busy every day. I would love to see it at that point. But the community is growing and part of, and it's like we said, networking is important. Yeah. To sit there and keep that community growing and have that connection. We see it with other nonprofits we got the Veterans Community Project, they have tiny homes, literally all veterans and their families right there, irreverent warriors, we see it, Silky's Hikes with all the veterans, Vet TV, that sense of community comes from networking and getting out and transitioning properly. Well, and I think the toughest part when it comes to transitioning, honestly, is just like, when you get into the civilian world, you just, it's, it's so different, and you've had this type of, like, bond and connection with people that, when you get out, you just feel lost. Mm-hmm. You feel like you don't have anybody to talk to. Regardless of your, if you're in a relationship, married, whatever, like you just feel like you're stuck and you're, you have nowhere to go. Because no one understands. You're in your yeah, own you're head. Yeah, because no one, no one besides the people who you were with know what you went through. That's what you feel like, you know? There are people who can help and like there are people who are willing to help. But the problem is, like, when you get out, you just feel so stuck and you feel so in your own head to where it can it can drag you down a rabbit hole. It really can. So I think it, it needs to be a focus to be able to have veterans get out and not feel like they're stuck, not feel like they're alone. And that comes with knowing where your community is. Yeah. Having a better more developed plan. You don't have to have a job right when you get out. You don't have to have everything in a row, but having a plan does not make that you're gonna be successful. Right. And so knowing like, hey, I'm getting out, I'm gonna be going to live with this person and they can help support me. Right. And so be like, okay, I'm living here, I'm getting on my feet. My brother-in-law, him and my sister, when he got out, moved right back into my parents' basement until they got their ducks in a row. And it's not like he didn't have a job or anything, but their plan was to save and get a house. Right. So, 
I think we need to spend more time when they get out of this back to policy, developing that plan more, yeah. along with talk that comes down to talking to people, getting all your ducks in a row, figuring out exactly how you can get out and be the best civilian version of yourself. Right. Yeah, and I know this is paperwork, but it would be really nice uh, for transitioning. I, again, I'm guard, I don't know how y'all do it, mm-hmm. but it'd be really nice to have some you know, presentation or whatever, where these different groups in your local area come in that from the civilian side, hey, you're leaving, so let's have, these people run the DAV, these people are the American Legion, this person runs the butcher shop down the street, they're all here for you and want to talk to you. But you know, we, we had that, but it was a, one person saying, hey, we're here to help you with your VA company. Claim, yeah, but it wasn't like a. Here's where your community is. Yeah. It'd be nice because to be able to show the different. But that's the thing. Now you can't do that while you're in, in a sense of for everyone. Because at least for us, we got people. I was getting out off from Georgia, by moving to Kansas City. I knew people that are staying in California, going to New York, Washington, Texas. It's all over. So you can't be like, here's where your community is. Yeah. I think that's a separate thing that you need to figure out on your own. But getting the tools to find out where your community is is essential. Oh, for sure, because, yeah, I mean, they, I, they did have a very similar thing to what you were talking about. Um, yeah, they had somebody come through where they were like, hey, we'll help you, and, like, this is a little breakdown. But um, when it came down to it, obviously, I was stationed in Texas, and I moved to Kansas City. So, yeah, like, when it comes along those lines, I think more on the National Guard and Reserve part, that that could be more effective, but when it comes to being active duty, I don't. Unless you're planning on staying in the area, I think it's very tough to really put that in place. Um, yeah, honestly, because the majority of people are going to leave because where the base bases normally are aren't very. Honestly, if you want to find just a brief number count of how many veterans are living in that area, it really it can give you an age demographic. Pull the recent um, census. Yeah. Survey, poll at ACS or ASC, whatever it's called. ACS, yeah. But it might not be that beneficial to you, but I'll tell you, like, hey, this is a heavy populated area with veterans, or it's not at all. I guess I'm give you a rough estimate, but that really isn't a good solution, I guess. Yeah. And I think when it comes down to it, um, I think the transition can either be good or bad, but I think realistically, you kind of you have to make it your own. Um, I, we're going to have to wrap it up today, um, but stick with us. We're, we're going to be continuing and discussing all types of topics. We're here to help you along the way. That's our main goal. Um, that's what we're shooting for, and that's the whole point of this podcast. We want to talk to you. Even if it's just telling you about the struggles that we faced, gives you an insight of what could possibly happen. Absolutely. So join us next time, and... We'll see y'all later on Park University's Outside the Wire podcast. Thanks. Toodles.